Hello and welcome to Romance Isn't Dead episode 38. Whatever. <sighs> Are you be totally harsh on me, Ray? <laughs> no, I'm just going to laugh a lot today because I I think that the walls are actually starting to talk back now. Well, my family's starting to wake up. So, y'all. So, you're going to be talking a lot. Yeah. So, by the way, we are recording. Uh, we record in advance. I'm Sally, by the way, in case y'all, this is like your first, you know, foray into Romance Isn't Dead. And you are? I'm Ray. And she's Ray. So, uh, my family's waking up, but we record in advance. And so, you might hear or hear a door open or something like that. And then I'll just go ahead and apologize because. Yeah. You know, we're, we're in, we're living in Corona life. We're living in Corona life. And hopefully by the time whoever you are is listening to this, um, you will have been allowed to leave your home and enjoy something anyway. But, uh, today, uh, we are going to be discussing Clueless, which is, um, an adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma. And here, uh, at Romance Isn't Dead, we're obviously fans of romance, and Jane Austen is a seminal romance novelist. Uh, My favorite. Yes, yes. And I'll be honest, I enjoy I enjoy the stories more than I enjoy actually reading her, her prose. <laughs> um, I, lo- I love the sarcasm in her prose. I think she's very... Um, um, very she had she writes in a way she writes social commentary sure of the time sure. and she's very sarcastic and that's perfect. what i love about her perfect um so the first one that we're going to discuss today is clueless and clueless is um clueless is uh from 1995 and it is an adaptation as i think i mentioned before of emma which is probably a version of of Jane Austen's novels that I prefer even to Pride and Prejudice. Sorry, Ray. And the look yeah, on then, her face is priceless, by the way. And yeah, so, but then you say that, and there's only <laughs> there are only a couple of adaptations TV-wise that I like of Pride and Prejudice, so... Because I didn't like the movie. Okay. Ooh. Okay, so <laughs> moving along. We'll st- we can still be friends. So... Clueless came out in 1995, and Ray and I were both in our very early 20s for that. In fact, we we reached our majority in 1995. There you go. We were officially adults here in the States. I could drink. So I've been drinking for a few years before that. uh, Not (laughs) me, actually. I I hadn't. Okay, so the plot of of Clueless, it centers around Cher Horowitz, who is rich and she's pretty. She's like the queen bee at her high school, Beverly Hills High School. And her best friend is um, Dion. And they are, they are as actually twin queen bees uh, of the high school. And New Girl comes in from unremarkable uh, origins. She's clearly. She not, sounds like she's from New York. Yeah, she's not wealthy like Cher and Dion, but they are more than happy to give her a makeover. And um, she feels Cher feels like she can get um, get uh, Ty a very good boyfriend named Elton, which is not a coincidence with the movie or with the uh, with the with the book with the book. So. Um, yeah. What did you think, Ray? 
Well, as you said, I mean, it's one of those movies that I think, I mean, you mentioned this before we got on the, before we started recording that it's one of the movies to know you by. And I think it's probably one of those films that for me, it was wishful thinking. You sort of sit there and think, I wish my high school had been like that. And I went to, I went to, in the UK, we call them comprehensives or secondary schools. Mm-hmm. Well, they're starting to call them high schools now. But they were, when I went to school, it was a comprehensive and it was definitely as far from <laughs> movie glamorous as you could get. I mean, this, this has the cliche. This is, I think this in a way is the origin well, actually, no, it did. It's not the origin because the origin of the high school cliche came from probably the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. It kind of follows on from the high school cliche of the jocks, the stoners, mm-hmm. the rebels and everything else. Mm-hmm. And they have all of that at Beverly Hills High. Do you know the high school that is like actually my high school? Another what? movie to know me? It's too... Did you see the movie Varsity Blues ever? With James Van Der Beek. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have seen it. That was my high school. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was my high school. Football was everything. And the cheerleaders were the most popular girls in school. Um... And of course, it's like an exaggerate. Not, I don't know exactly that, right? But well, one of the most powerful men in town was definitely the football coach. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's a, kind of a joke with some folks that I graduated with, but we're all just like, yeah, we actually went to West Canaan High School in Texas, even though we live in South Carolina. So um, it, it's it, it's funny where there's this high school cliche, but there is there is truth to a lot of this. Um, in terms yeah, I mean, of like you have your niche and that's where you fit and, and do not, do not think that you're going to move outside. And if you do move outside of it, something crazy has happened. Something has happened and changed things, right? It's not. Yeah. See, that's the thing that always made me, um, I think with, with clueless, there are no, there's no visible, um, the sports facilities are really feeble, there is no mention of a football team. There are no cheerleaders. The popularity is all to do with financial status. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is also. Mm. It also helps determine if you make the football team or the. <laughs> <laughs> <It's quite laughs> yeah, but they didn't have either of those. Or it didn't well, they seem didn't like show they had either movie. of those. Right, right, no. right. Okay, so. Um, it's considered to be one of the best teen films of all time, according to a variety of sources, and it has a cult following, and I guess you and I are part of that cult following. We probably are. <laughs> but you know what? Let's talk a little bit about the romance in this. Um, the, it's twisted. It, well, the romantic hero winds up being, uh, um, Judd, last name Judd, Paul Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, who has found this was the. His, this was one of his first movies. Yeah, he's found the Fountain of Youth because, as Ant Man, he looks a lot like he did. And he turned fifty-two this week. I know. Or was it fifty-one? But fifty-one or fifty-two yeah. this week, and it's like, oh my god! It's like um, Robert Downey Jr. turned fifty-five. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait, how did that happen? Um, 
Well, but it, this is one of his first films, and um, I remember watching this movie in the 90s and thinking he was cute, you know, like, oh, yeah, he's so really what, cute. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> and um, he is, and I get why they did this, he is Cher's stepbrother, and he's close to, and, and divorced, right? His mom actually yeah, is divorced. Mom, his, mom and his, his mom and Cher's dad were married very, very briefly, uh-huh. five years previously. Right. And as her dad says to her, when she says, oh, why do we have to see Josh? He's this eco-warrior, blah, blah, blah. He says, you divorce the marriage, you don't divorce the children. Right. So obviously he still has a connection to the family. And then that's kind of how they work in the connection that you see in the actual book, Emma, right? Because Knightley is actually Emma's brother-in-law. Yes. So that's how they make that connection. So there's no, it's, it sounds a little weird on the, on the surface of it, but then you realize there's actually no blood connection. They're not related or anything like that. It's it, it, but he still hangs around and he's, you know, he's still around. And that is something that um, doesn't go away. And it takes a little bit for Cher to realize that she, she really actually has a crush on Josh. Um, well, there's the big revelation scene right yeah. by the fountain to Celine Dion's all by yes. myself. Yes. The eponymous yes. scene. Yes. And it's and it, it's funny and it's amazing <laughs> the way they timed it. I mean, I just remember, I just love, just loving that. Like, yes, like oh, that's was. amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, most people connect the all by myself, um, Celine Dion's all by myself to the scene in Bridget Jones' diary where she's, after she screwed everything up and she's sitting there and she's singing all by myself as she's writing her diary. But my memory of that song is definitely the scene by the fountain. Oh my God, I'm in love with Josh. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. And, and the other thing is you have to appreciate Cher because it's so easy to pigeonhole her into this, this stereotype of, Shallow. shallow blonde and emma same right i mean you can just yeah. it's easy to do but they make a point to show you even in a ditzy sort of way that she's not an idiot right With, she has good intentions she has good intentions oh and that's you know they you know they say about the road to hell but um <laughs> but 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 like just flat out knowledge like she gives that speech in class where she's like it's actually kind of a there's no rsvp on the statue of liberty right i mean and she kind of gives this like we just need to like rearrange things and we can get people in and she's using this example of this incredibly privileged party in beverly hills right but the truth of the matter is if you are trying to help provide for people you probably just need to get to the kitchen and sort of rearrange things and figure it out right but um so she's got that, and then she also has the bit where the the very pretentious college student is in the car with Josh, and she's saying, oh, and the Shakespeare she's talking thing. about Shakespeare and da da da, da and and she, and Cher's like, she no. says, oh no, that 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 wasn't him, that was that Polonius dude, yeah, <laughs> and she's like, I think I know my Shakespeare, the college girl is, and she and Cher's like, well, I know Mel Gibson, and yeah. that. <laughs> And Josh is just over there just driving, snickering, right? Because it's actually legitimately funny. And 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 it's something that you and I think maybe I could relate in part to that college student because here I was, you know, in the 
early 90s or mid 90s, a senior in college majoring in English, having had to read Hamlet for my Shakespeare class. And I'm just like, nice. <laughs> Go share. That's the thing. She hides her good Smart, intentions yeah. and everything else, her smarts, underneath the guise of the <laughs> whatever. I totally Californian. Lost. I yeah. totally paused at the stop sign yeah. where she could have killed four people and a dog. So, yeah. Yeah, she's a hot mess. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so good. I mean, that's the thing. For me, one of the most famous lines and the one that's always stuck with me is the one that Ty says mm-hmm. when they're discussing. I mean, seriously, some of the things that you forget from the book, you see in the film and then... I watched Emma right before I watched Clueless this week. So you see Ty go over there with all the little memories of Elton when they never had a relationship in the first place. And she says to Cher, you're a virgin who can't drive. Mm-hmm. And that's always stuck in my head as one of the bitchiest, <laughs> well-intentioned lines in a film. <laughs> Because it's so, it's the tone of voice and the way that it's delivered. You're a virgin who can't drive. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> the, the, the way harsh. Yeah. The way teacher harsh. has become a student. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, the actress who played Ty, uh, Brittany, Murphy, Brittany Murphy, she's passed away. So that's a little, it stings a little bit, you know, to to think about that role right now because she's so young, you know, she was, mm-hmm. and, and so it, it, like I said, it stings a little bit to think about her, but, um, it was definitely fun. I think one of the things I note about things like clueless about Bridget Jones's diary and both of those really speak to me, which I think is interesting. And I think part of it is because when they came out, I was able to relate very closely to the heroines of these pieces for for whatever reason. And the other thing is, to me, Clueless demonstrates how timeless this story actually is. Yeah, it's kind of like um, 10 Things I Hate About You with The Taming of the Shrew. Right. And and other movies that have been adapted from, like, other films that have been adapted from classics like Shakespeare and Austin and Bronte and everyone else. And they do use the origins of those to make a lot of films. I mean, 10 Things I Hate About You, I am so glad it's on Disney Plus um, because I am going to be watching it. Wait, it is? (laughs) It's on my Disney Plus. I don't know if it's on yours because we get Fox as well. We've got all the X-Men films too. Again, with the facial expressions, man. Y'all, I'm, okay, one, I'm really glad y'all can't see me because I don't have on makeup and I look like death itself. Secondly, but race, facial expressions, oh my God. I'm feeling quite smug because normally Netflix in the US is like 10 times better than Netflix in the UK. There's no denying it. Okay, we've got Clueless at the moment, but the content, the amount of content we have is much, much less Mm-hmm. in the UK and then Disney Plus launched a few weeks ago thank goodness for my sanity that it did because and we have an absolute ton of um, Fox movies on there we've got all the Home Alones we've got 
most of the X-Men films. We've got While You Were Sleeping, 10 Things I Hate About You, Never Being Kissed. We've got loads of stuff. And I know that the rights are different in the US. Mm-hmm. So you haven't got them on there yet. But they're all on my to-watch list. <laughs> and the face you're making now says a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I imagine it does. <laughs> I'm quite I'm quite happy because it means I've got stacks more to watch. Have it, having said that, I did discover that Descendants 3 arrived on our net on um our Disney Plus yesterday and I watched the other two last week. And they actually have a really good soundtrack, but that's neither here nor there. I have three young girls I know. Those soundtracks are killer. I know. They're especially killer when you hear them on repeat. But let's move along. Mm. I think no, I'm I'm actually kidding, but I actually think, though, you bring up a good point, that you make a good point, that a lot of these adaptations, whether it's Jane Austen or Shakespeare, because the other thing I was thinking about was 10 Things I Hate About You was in my head when I'm thinking, oh, teen adaptations and stories that really speak to me or spoke to me when they came out are these coming-of-age stories, right? And that's Mm. one of those things that that I think we have to understand. Uh, They're coming-of-age stories and... um, depending on when they come out, it would be whether or not you maybe got into them or not, but they, there is a certain amount of timelessness to them. And yeah, I agree. And, you know, I did not have my daughter, watch my oldest daughter, who is almost 12, watch Emma with me, but she watched 2005's Pride and Prejudice with me and she loved it. Like she, she was like, because I she think just she'd loved enjoy it. Emma. I think she would too, but she loved it so much. So, as I said, I think there's some timelessness to these stories that maybe we don't always appreciate um, the first time we see them or we pick up a, a romance novel or whatever. And I think that's really important. This this is romance. 100% this is romance. And Everybody ends up with someone at the end. Yes. Apart, well, even Elton ends up with Amber. They really kind way, of deserve each other. Yeah, well, that that I will come on to in Emma. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a reason for that. But yeah. you look, um, she ends up with, Ty ends up with Travis, who right from the very start was perfect for her. Yeah. I have a funny story about the actor who plays him. Um, <laughs> embarrassing for me, though. <laughs> I was I went to Canada with my cousin. Well, I went to Canada to visit my cousins back in the um probably about 96 97. So not long after No, it was 96. So it was the year after Clueless had come out. Mm-hmm. And I was walking along um White Rock Beach which, was, which is really famous in Vancouver. And we just purchased ice creams and we were walking along the beach. And I said, I turned to my cousin and I said, that guy over there looks really familiar. And I still can't remember his name. <laughs> and she said, what do you mean? He looks familiar. And I said, he looks familiar. And all of a sudden it clicked with me and I just ran along the beach. Oh, a guy from Clueless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a guy from Clueless. And my cousin's looking at me as if to say, what? And I said, it's the guy from Clueless. So we both ran ac- along the beach yelling, oh, guy from Clueless, because we couldn't remember his name. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Brick and Meyer. <laughs> bless that oh bless no honey <laughs> oh. as I said funny story probably more embarrassing for me 
But <laughs> it was a fun celebrity sighting, and I got my exercise for the day. Probably mm-hmm. ran off the ice cream. <laughs> um okay so he yeah i mean and that that is a hallmark of a romance right that people are paired off and you know who's ever heard of a romance where the heroine doesn't get what she wants right that doesn't make sense um jj abrams maybe you should pick up on that um but um sorry It's still, or maybe raw. it's, or maybe it's Chris Terrier that should pick up. Maybe the both of them should pick up on that. That the heroine should always get what she wants at the end of a romance story. It it's still really raw. I'm bitter. I've said this before. I'll die mad about that film. I absolutely will. She's not getting around it. It's terrible. Okay, moving along. Um, but no, this this movie is an excellent example of feminine gaze in terms of you know that was written by a woman the original the source material was written by a woman and it focuses in on girls and while it does while it does you know utilize some stereotypes um it seriously was a fun movie and and (laughs) you know it's not fair that it's not on netflix in the united states but it was on netflix in the like united states until probably about three weeks ago well well, it's interesting to see. It's not helpful what, for me now. No, it's interesting to see the movies that Amy Heckling, who was the director of mm-hmm. Clueless, had done. She did yeah. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh huh. She did National Lampoon's European Vacation. Interesting. She likes working with Paul Rudd because she also worked with him on I Could Never Be Your Woman with Michelle Pfeiffer. He plays the younger man. Mm-hmm. Even though I think he's almost the same age as Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, a Night at the Roxbury, mm-hmm. Loser with Mina Suvari, and all of the Look Who's Talking movies. Hmm. Interesting. And she also worked on the TV version of Clueless, which we didn't even get into. I don't know that I but ever saw. I don't know that that would translate well. It didn't really. Um, it had the original character who plays Amber in it, and Rachel Blanchard played Cher Horowitz, mm-hmm. which was a very like weird well. recasting. It 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 was it ran for I think maybe two seasons, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. I mean, it was late night viewing for me over here. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I'd go, oh, it's on at seven o'clock. I must switch on the TV. It mm-hmm. was late night. If there's nothing else on TV, I will watch it. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair. Well, so I think we both really enjoyed Clueless. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, it really does play fun with stereotypes. Um, so I would, I would tell anybody to give that that a go, that show a go, or that that movie a go. How do you think it aged though? You know, I am not going to be a good person to say. Because it was such a seminal part of the '90s for me that I can't take it out. Does that make sense? Like I can't, I can't look at it through that lens at all. Kind of like Dirty Dancing and Footloose for the '80s, right? Um, but 
But I can do that a little bit better with those movies because they didn't matter as much to me as this one did. <laughs> now, that having been said, I think that representation would be better today. Like, they would they would work, if they did another adaptation, I think they would do a better job of representation. You would probably have, um, folks, LBGTQ plus community would probably have some representation there. They did. Right, but... Christian. But they would have more, right? And there were certain... There were certain things in there that I felt um, wouldn't fly necessarily today, but I had no problem with not glossing over them because you should never gloss over things like that. But I had no problem sort of going, oh, it was the time at that moment. So, for instance. But it's a really uncomfortable, it's one of those things that people go, oh, you can't justify it by saying that. But it's the same as saying, um, I mean, I still think that Gone with the Wind is a fantastic novel. But um, there were certain things like when he was, when oh, Dion, when they were telling Cher that he was gay, mm-hmm. the conversation was a little bit, you could tell it was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so for instance, my husband and I, <laughs> we were watching the A-Team, the television oh, show. TV show. The TV show. I would still do the entirety of the opening of that. Oh, right. But there are things that were in that that totally would not fly today. They mm-hmm. actually had George Papard with um, makeup on as if he were an African-American man. Like, that would never happen today. Black, and also that black inter- never and, happen. And also the interpretation of mental health issues. Right. And even even George Papard, when he says, you know, women and children, you're gonna, no, we're not going to pay more women and children in harm's way, that today would just be considered a bit uh, misogynistic. So, I mean, times have changed, and I think that's better, right? But mm-hmm. But for me, there was nothing so overt and clueless like, you know, George Papard. No, that's the thing. I mean, she even, I think she even says, oh, daddy, that wouldn't be so PC now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So honestly, I think it's probably aged better than we would think it would have aged in the the 90s. You know what I mean? I'd be interested to see how Sarah Kate likes it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'll definitely show it to her. Because we can get her on a later episode to talk about how she liked it and Emma. Yeah, she would love to do that. So. I think it'd be interesting to hear a different perspective because yeah. we're looking at it from this was the we were in our we were turning twenty one um, when the film came out mm. and our and our interpretation of it was very very close to we have only just graduated from sec- from high school we are just stepping out in the world so this is kind of our era so it'll be interesting to see how people who are younger. Mm-hmm. interpret it now right well i yeah I, I just finished college but or university as you would say but well yeah. i have i hadn't even started university really yeah i just finished I, I didn't start uni until i was 23 yeah i went the more it traditional was, route got out of, I, it was got out of a really bad relationship what shall i do i know i'll go i'll go to university and study computers for three years <laughs> That was legitimately the reason why I went to uni the first time. 
I've just got out of a really bad relationship. What should I do with my life now? I know I'll go to university. Not a terrible plan. I mean, there are definitely more destructive things to do than going to university. But... <laughs> All right, cool. Well, is there anything else we need to say about Clueless? Um, watch it if you haven't. Yeah, if you get a chance, definitely, definitely watch it. Hopefully, if it'll... you're listening in Australia, Canada, or the UK, it's available on Netflix as of right now. But who knows when they'll yank it? Yeah. And the next time I see it in the bargain bin at Target or whatnot, I will definitely toss it in my cart because I uh, want to have copies of it on hand. But for now, I think we are going to sign out. Ray, how would you like to sign Or Actually, tell people where they can find you. Okay, they can find me at All About Ray on Twitter. And I'm actually more, I'm actually active on it now mostly because it keeps me slightly claps, sane claps claps i talk about random things like um i am really bored right now so i just made frothy coffee <laughs> and my cat likes coffee a lot and it makes her snuggly so i think i might have to make her another mug uh, <laughs> and random stuff um basically uh i know that we've talked briefly and joked a bit about isolation but I am actually on my own in isolation and I have been now for five weeks I am definitely going nuts so if anybody wants to reach out and have a conversation I'm over there a lot <laughs> I am working full-time as well but um but in the evenings it can get a little bit too much it's a bit oppressive but at the same time I only read secret only read the news once a day and then i am crocheting the heck out of a massive great big quilt thing i think i think it's a quilt thing at the moment it's a quilt thing right, that's whatever works all right well y'all can find me as palmetto blue on twitter and instagram and um right how would you like to sign out i'd like to sign out keep on searching for your happily ever after and please don't go insane <laughs> And I want to remind you that romance isn't dead. It's alive and well on your bookshelf or maybe even on your television. Bye. Bye. Bye.